and we're live. Let me make sure that we're live in the community as well. This is the sister chat today. We're going to have a conversation from women of different nationalities, women that um, will hold their truth, women that's going to talk about how it is to be a woman in this industry. We, everyone's from, a lot of women are from different races, different backgrounds, different parts of the United States. We all have different point of views and we're going to learn from one another today. There's no wrong answer. Okay. There's no wrong answer. We will not attack one another. This is to unify our community and to unify the sisterhood and make it a stronger community. Um, I want to, I'm going to ask a couple of questions. If y'all have things that you want to add in, just add in. But I want to start off by bringing y'all in and I want you to introduce yourself. I'm going to, um, we got Brittany from American Truckers. Introduce yourself. We got Miss Howard. We have Christy. We have Jay. We have April, Sonya, Paula, and Susan today. So, hello, ladies. Thank you. And we have Miss Christy. Hold on. I got to get her in. There we go. Got you. Okay. Thank you all for coming on and having this conversation. We, you know, I, I want people to know that we are real people. We we hurt. If I say something that may offend you, it's gonna hurt because we all have feelings. And so speaking of feelings, I want to know how I'm gonna who who wants to go first with this? We want to talk about let's just get right into it. I'm not gonna sugarcoat, go around the subject. How does it feel to be a black woman in this industry? Now we have four on here. Okay, Miss Christy going first. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so um, I've been driving for a year and a half. And coming out here at, at my age, I'm a seasoned sister. Um, I feel like a superhero. Anything that I've always, I love what I do. But it bothers me when I see some of the men that look at me like I have an eye in the middle of my forehead. Um, so it kind of, you know, it makes me feel a little bit self-conscious. But then the superhero in me comes out. Um, there's a lot of division out here amongst the races, sadly enough. But we're all we're all family, man, woman, black, white, orange, green, brown, purple, whatever we are, we're all family. And a lot of times we are all we've got because we're away from home. We're away from our families. We're away from our friends and loved ones. So we're all we got. And that's what I got. Thank you for sharing. What, what no, I want to I want to ask this question. What is it to be? What do what do you mean? And I want you to answer this, Christy. I want someone else to answer this. What does it mean to when when people say to be a racist? Like what do they? What what do you know? What we're gonna ask that second. What does it feel like to be a white woman? Period. In this industry, or period. Who want to answer that question? Okay, we're gonna have Miss Paula. Go ahead. 
You might have to unmute your mic. There, can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. All right. I am, well, as a white woman out here, I don't view myself any differently than anybody else out here. Um, and that's just how, how I am. I'm, I'm just a person out here doing a job just like the men and the and the other women out here, it don't matter what color you are or what, you know, transgender or what sexual preference you are. I don't care. We're all out here doing one job and we all got to kind of stick together and do it, you know. So, but as a white woman, I do, uh, I mean, I'm a minority, uh, even though, you know, people might think just because I'm white, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm a minority out here. Uh, we all work in a man's world and, and, and that's just the way, that's just the way it is out here. Uh, but I, I'm a third generation. My grandfather was a driver. My daddy was a driver. My mom was a driver and she retired and my sister and I are both drivers. So my dad said, you know, sis, you can do anything you put your mind to. And, uh, five years ago I started doing this. So, um, but I, I just feel like I'm part of the, the cog that keeps America running. So I just don't, I don't see color out here. We're all, we're all together. That's what I got. Thank you for sharing. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to open it up and let anyone talk who would like to talk and tell them how you feel. Like, how does it feel? Or do y'all want, you know what? I'm going to just go down a list. I want everyone to share how you feel. Brittany, you're going to be next. You got to unmute your mic. Okay, there we go. Okay, can you hear me? I can. Awesome, awesome. So I really liked what Paula said. I feel the same way. Is I don't like when you ask what I feel like as a white woman in the industry, I don't define like I don't see it in those terms like I don't see oh I'm white somebody else is black or you know hey your skin's a little more tan than mine you know <laughs> I wear Hollywood makeup so my my face looks even whiter than it actually is but the thing is I just I don't like defining things in those terms because that's not how I see things like even when even talking about issues we face as women in the industry, I feel kind of the same way. It's like, look, I understand we deal with different things than the men do. Um, and there's things that need to be talked about. But bottom line, we're all working the same job. We, we can all do it. We're all just as capable to do it. I have kind of a unique background. I'll try to keep it concise. But I'll tell you what kind of irritates me now that I've said how I feel about the definitions. I don't have a racist bone in my body. And I used to be in law enforcement. And there were times that I would pull over a vehicle and somebody with darker skin than me would get irate with me and start saying, you pulled me over because I'm black, you know, or this or that. And it, it was so disheartening to me because it's like, no, I pulled you over because your taillight was out. Like, honestly, I, I, and I was so careful, like so careful. So I just, all the tension on both sides and I understand the issues. I really do. Like, I really understand how the gravity of the bat of the hit our history and everything else. But the thing is, I wish we could get past it. 
I wish that people could just start seeing each other as brothers and sisters and start fresh. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I'm ready to get past this because I don't have hatred for anybody. Like, I really don't. I just see us as being on this same team together. Right. Thank you for sharing. Okay, Miss Howard, I'm coming to you. I'm so glad you guys uh, are, I mean, we need to have this conversation, Sheree, like you said earlier, it needs to be said first. I'm, I'm Reva Howard. I'm, I'm an accountant, uh, the trucker's accountant, and this conversation again, it needs to be had. Um, there's, it, it exists, you know, and a lot of times, and, and I think everybody is ready to go get over all of, of everything, but it, Unfortunately, it's not going to happen that way because you're talking years of oppression, years and years of oppression. And it's just not it's it can't just disappear. So the more we have these types of conversations, um, there is a change. The change is now <laughs> the change is now and it's coming. The change is coming. So we can be glad and rejoice in that fact that the change is happening. But you, you're right. Uh, charade. We can't hide from these conversations. We need to have more of these types of conversations to uh, bridge that process to healing. So it's it's happening, and I'm glad I'm glad to be a part of the movement. And um, there has to be change, absolutely. Thank you for sharing. I'm coming to you, Miss April. Hi, I agree. I think there needs to be change too. Um, before I got into trucking, I worked in the disability field and, you know, and I took, you know, clients out into the community and people would just stare and make fun of them and stuff. You know, it's not their fault that they have a disability. You know, they didn't ask to be born that way. And it's just like us being, you know, born white or black or, you know, I think that we should all love one another. I mean, we're all God's children in this. And I just don't understand the world, how everybody can just judge somebody. And I have a hard time understanding that. And, you know, like I said, I'm a special ed coach. Um, I got so close to the clients, you know, I just had to have a break. And that's how I got in the trucking. And I've been with Warner for a year and I love it. But you see a lot of hatred out on the road and stuff that things that doesn't need to be there if we could all just come together and you know love one another i think we would have a better you know understanding in life and just to get along we've all been through so much with the covid going on and times like this is where we all got to stand together and that's you that's all i have on that perfect i agree thank you for sharing I'm coming to you, Miss J. Hi, can you hear me? I can. Um, I've been in trucking now for a little over three years. Um, I came from nuclear power. Uh, my background is, um, I've actually kind of been both sides of the fence. Uh, my mom is mixed, uh, black and white, and you know my dad's black. So um, all through school, and through things like that, everybody was like, you sound so white. I used to be like, how do you sound white? Like, white is a color. But um, I've dealt with that my whole life. And people talk to me on the phone, and they're like, um, 
so okay. Oh, I didn't expect that when I saw you. So I've dealt with that my whole life. Like you don't look like you sound or whatever, but um, I mean, just being in this industry itself, it's been a challenge um, being black. Of course, I felt like I've, I've really, honestly, I grew up in a small town that was predominantly white. So therefore I really don't, didn't feel the effects that some people definitely are feeling. Um, it's actually taken me a long time to actually feel the results of racism uh, because I felt like I didn't grow up with that. I never had a problem myself, but I do see other people, you know, my sisters and brothers that do. And I do realize that it is a real thing and that just because it doesn't happen to me doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. So I'm glad that we're addressing things. And um, just like the um, I forgot her name, but just like she said before about people with disabilities, sometimes I wish people would just ask rather than just assume. Um, sometimes I get people asking me, um, are you married to a white guy? Um, no. <laughs> But I mean, I get all kinds of stuff because of how I talk or like where I'm from or, you know, the small town or whatever else. But I wish people would just ask questions because I'd rather ask, ask you know, answer your question rather than you just assume that I'm a certain way because I look a certain way or I sound a certain way. So I'm glad that we're addressing these things. I think that, you know, what we do need is some unity. Um, we are all God's children, you know, like he died for all of us. So I think that if we would just stick together and, and pray with each other, pray amongst each other, you know, we would get through this and the world would be a much better place. But we've got to learn how to get along. Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing. Miss Susan, have you shared? Uh, no. Am I there? Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. We can, can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. No, no, no. Okay, yeah. So we're talking about the subject of Black Lives Matters, what you had said in the beginning and in, in, in trucking. Well, no, um, we're talking right I'm now. The Canada. question is, the question is, how does it feel to be a white woman in this industry? Okay. Um, in this industry, I, I can't decipher between the difference between black and white because I'm, I'm only white, but in a woman in this industry, um, we, we have challenges. We all have challenges. I don't care what, what color you are, but um, this is a male-oriented business, and um, it's gotten better. I've been here. I've been in this for 36 years now and uh, definitely had challenges as a woman. Um it's different in Canada when you're talking about uh, racism than it is in the United States. I've never experienced um, the the racism card uh, more than I did once I started going to the United States. I find it's very um, a lot more racist over there than it is here. We've um, we don't we don't have as much racist issues over here than we than you do there um but in the industry um i think it's women uh period not of all colors that we we've got our challenges and when i don't see a difference between black and white women in this industry i see women in the industry um and it's us versus men more than black or white or 
or any other color. I find it's women versus men in this industry. And um, we've got our big challenges there. It's more dangerous for us. It's uh, uh, we have different challenges in the danger area. Um, the, um, the, all the movement that's going on now, I have difficulties with it because, um, I, I'm not seeing progress. I'm seeing it's declining. Um, people need to talk about it more often. Um, we need to come together more on, more on this because it almost, to me, what I feel it's bringing out more black against white you know i think it's a human race that needs to conquer these challenges with police brutality um there all races are being uh brutally uh dealt with in, in the police industries um and also i feel that um that it's regressing it's not what I'm seeing is a blame game here too, is that I am being blamed for um, the terrible things that uh, the black people went through in their lives where I have like nothing to do with this or um, don't have the understanding of it. I would like more understanding of it, mind you, um, because I have uh dealt with um when i've said things that i've it's been returned with like how dare you talk like that where it's like i'm talking in interest and talking in a caring position but i'm being received as a racist for for doing uh saying those things we need more knowledge but not blame it's not my fault uh what happened in years past uh and it's most generations right now it's not their fault so we're not understanding um and i think we need to have more subject more education um without pointing fingers and without pointing blame and now in this industry um i, I would obviously prefer to see no racism we are women we are men and now we're all doing the job together there's many women now in this industry and i think they've become very accepted in this industry um and i believe they're even being more accepted by the men uh in the industry and we're not being oh ridiculed as much as we used to be at one time at one time it was it was a rare rarity to see women on the road and you were a spectacle now it's more common you know so um and we are getting more respect black and white issue i don't see but uh hopefully that issue will um will calm itself down and progress rather than regress all the power to you thank you for sharing all right i'm bringing on miss sonya miss 
Miss Sonia, have you already spoke? No, ma'am. Okay. Okay, so I team drive with my husband, so I don't deal with the things that y'all deal with. Um, and I have to give props for you because there is no way I could or would do this alone. Um, just for the feeling of safety. Um, you know, and there are a lot of other benefits, loneliness, you know, things like that. But just just sheer safety. Um, I don't know how y'all do it. And then also, I know I always have him as a backup if I can't back up. <laughs> so um, anyway, I definitely would not want to do this alone. So good job, y'all that do. I, I couldn't. Um, and then as far as like how it is to be a white woman in this industry, um, I don't know the, the difference in how white women are treated versus black women in this industry. Um, but just as a woman in general, um, I think a lot of things I bring more on myself as far as thinking when I'm struggling to get into a, a spot, you know, park in a spot, back in a spot, I kind of feel like the men drivers at the truck stops are sitting in their cab thinking, look at her. She can't do it. She shouldn't be doing this. This is why women shouldn't do this job. Um, and so they don't say that to me. No one has ever said anything to me as far as, you know, a woman shouldn't be doing this job. And I've never really experienced anything like that. But I tell myself that that's what the men are thinking, that I shouldn't be doing this job. Um, and as far as a white woman in this industry, I know when I see other women doing it, I'm like, good for you, because we know how hard this is. <laughs> I mean, it's the hardest thing I've ever done was learning how to back a truck. I think you have to have a penis for it to be an automatic thing, you know, to be able to back a truck. But when I see, and I'm not going to say I don't see color. I see color. I'm not blind. I don't let color affect my how I feel about someone or my impression on someone I let how they present themselves or their attitude and behavior that is how I judge my opinion of somebody yeah I see what color they are but that doesn't um, affect my first impression or my impression of them altogether however when I see a black woman versus a white woman in this industry I think oh she's not getting messed with because sisters are tough so you know that's a stereotype that <laughs> black women are tougher than white women but it's one that I've always kind of automatically disbelieved if I see a black woman tracker I'm like man there is a tough sister so anyway that's all I got as far as like being a white woman in the industry thank you for sharing you know, one thing I think that we all agreed on was it was time for a change. Um, one thing that we can do here is learn from one another and listen to how. Hold on, y'all. Let me get the screen back right. And listening to how how we feel, how, you know, each one of us feel that, you know, because like I said, we can agree to disagree many, many times. You know, but it is a real thing. We did agree. I think everyone agreed that it is a real thing. It is a real problem. Um, I don't think no one denied it. And I appreciate that because that's a start. So we're going to move into the next question. I'm trying to get every, make sure everybody on. Some people fell off. Let me get Miss Renee on here. Miss Renee Brown. Uh, I want you to share. We was talking about how it feels to be a black woman in the industry. Um, and your take on it. Can you hear us? 
Renee? Yes. Can you tell us how it feels to be a black woman in the industry? Um, sometimes I think it's a struggle for um, some of the discriminations and some of the behavior that we face when we go into some of these public places. And um, it shows more in some places than others, but uh, for me, that's a struggle. Okay, thank you for sharing. Okay, I'm gonna bring everyone up because my next question is how how do we get past it? How do we get more understanding um, for one another? To because it is a problem. I know uh, Miss Susan. She said something that. Um, that caught my attention and I wrote down and she said I guess you know I guess that's the way it feels and guessing let's, we want to have facts because when we attack one another it hurts the other person you know and so we, we, we want to cook you know um, we want to have unity we want to understand one another we all come from different backgrounds and when when it's when it's top the reason first of all let me say um understanding it comes from communication one thing that was said was i don't understand what's going on with like the black lives matter thing i think it has caused the division um more than helped i can see that myself but it's a lot of division because people are defending themselves and because we have to defend ourselves, you know, we have to defend ourselves because we're dying. We're getting killed everywhere. All of us, you know, that unity comes when all of us can come together. Some people don't see it. And if I walk out in my neighborhood, it ain't, the, I don't, I get looked crazy at cause I live in a white neighborhood. You know, and See, the only thing um, I'm sorry, I think the only way that a white person, I mean, can relate at all. I can't understand how you feel because I'm not black. I never will be black. I never will be able to be in your shoes and empathize with you. I mean, because empathy means that we've been there and understand that I can sympathize, but I can't empathize with you because I'm never, ever going to be in that position and, and be able to feel those feelings that you feel. Um, but you know I hate what, that Sonia? that's what it is. I hate that that's what it is. But at the same time, I feel like this black, all this thing that has been happening the last, you know, six weeks, it's been, um, it has created division. And I also think that as a of what it is to be automatically judged by the color of my skin. It's completely different than what you as a black person feels and experiences, but it is the fact of being judged by the color of my skin because ever since all of these protests and the, and the major um, increase in the BLM movement, I feel like I have been judged by the color of my skin that a lot of people, a lot of the black community look at me and see white privilege and automatically assume that 
I am a racist or that I and, and how does and no, it make not, you not feel everybody not, by your skin? How does it make you get done, you know, and it's, and it's not, that Okay. But what how does it okay, feel to make you know, you just like all, all white people aren't racist and all black people don't think all white people are racist, but it's like I well wait I just a minute. Feel, Miss, Miss uh, Sonia, tell me how does it make you feel to be judged by your skin? And I and hold on hold on. Oh, Ms. terrible. Well, well oh, guess what? Absolutely guess awful. And now I want to I want to say this. We was born like that. You that's how we feel every day. It's a it's yeah, a feeling that, that is, we all can feel. Now, you know what? I'm happy that this is going on because now you can feel what I feel every day. Now you right, can feel how I feel fraction. when I go into the truck stop. And I'm the only black person in and they sitting up here going behind my back trying to follow me around like I'm gonna steal something. Yeah. That's that that feeling, that terrible feeling, is the feeling that we feel. And this isn't we're not you it's so many things we could be doing in our life. We could we could be doing something different right now. That same feeling is what we fight for. You get what I'm saying? Do you understand? And I want to commend you because you the the way this conversation is so needed. This conversation is like it's everything because the only way we're going to get past this is having this conversation. So I want to thank you. And so um, I don't know what Miss Renee is going to say, but I'll let you go ahead. Okay. Yeah, that's what I want to jump in there. I look at it like this. You, you, Both of you guys have said a lot about what I'm feeling because I have some friends now who are saying that people are looking at them different. People are looking at them as racist. People are judging them because of the color of their skin. When we've been dealing with this all our lives, I grew up in a small town where mm -hmm. when I went into a doctor's office, there was one doorway black people walk in and white people walk in the other. So some of this stuff is coming full circle now with the arguments about, well, we can't go into a business and we don't wear our masks. Well, there were businesses we couldn't go into because we were black. And we lived that all our lives. And it's not a black thing. It's not a white thing. And so people put God in. I think she froze up. Yeah, I think so. Anybody else? Did get, but this is what we got. And I've lost some white friends since um, all of this took off because my thing is you may be able to empathize or sympathize, but when you keep silent and you don't speak out on the wrong that's being done, then I believe that's part of the problem. Christy has something she want to add. Um, when the I don't I don't know your name when the sister said that she would pull people over and they said it was because they were black and she's just ready for this to be all over. I take offense to that. I take great offense to that because we've been saying the same things. We've been whispering the same things. We've written the same things. We've shouted the same things over and over and over again. And now that 
it's coming to a head. Someone's TV is up very, very loud. Now that it's coming to a head, you're ready for it to be all over with. But we've been beaten, we've been killed, and we've been strung up, and we just want to be treated. We don't want y'all stuff. We just want to be able to get our own and not have it taken and not be mistreated. We want our children to be safe. We want our children to be, um, to be able to get an education and to be able to go places without being singled out because of their skin color. Um, and and the, the woman said, she's not racist. Well, to me, you, you want the same things we want. If you just want your people that look like you to be able to keep their stuff and be able to be safe, that's, that's, to me, that's racist. Doesn't have to be a bad thing, but when you begin to lash out at other people that don't look like you, that's what makes it racist. My very first friend, my very first friend in the world outside of my family was a white girl. We didn't know the difference. I didn't know, I didn't know the difference. I know she was my size. And she looked like me, and she played with me. But as I grew older, those behaviors that other people imposed upon us made us know, notice the difference. It's like when I'm out here and I see a woman in the truck and she's driving, she could be blonde hair, blue eye. I get excited. I get excited because there's someone over there that looks like me that's doing what I'm doing. We have to stop out here and at home. I get more peace on my truck than I do at home because for all these years, I've been treated differently. My children have been treated differently because our skin tone is dark, but it's not up to me to educate you on your treatment of us. It's not up to us to educate you all. It's not up to the oppressed to educate the oppressor. Y'all know what y'all's friends and families and other people that look like you say and do. It's up to you to stop them because you know the difference. You should know the difference between right or wrong. Don't hold us responsible. You said, um, the sister in Canada, you said you just want to know, um, you want to know more, and you, we should educate you all. We've been trying to do that for 400 plus years. And, and I think I'm going to chime in because I, I think we need to educate. I think it's important to educate. I think it's important to have these conversations and what we're doing is educating. We have to let, because if I've been, if I was a blue crayon, if I was a blue crayon, I've never been a red one. I don't know what it feels mm-hmm. like to be colored red, to be an apple. I don't know what it is, you know? And so until we merge and now we purple. 
<laughs> you know, then I can't understand. I can't feel. So I, they honestly saying that everyone honestly saying let's connect and let's, you know, unify. We want to be able to create the unity and it can, can the unity going to come with education. Um, even though it's been long periods of time, it's, we still got to educate. We still have to educate. I want not only educating about what of the black side, but also understanding the other side, you know, of uh, I, uh, we understand because you've never been in this world before. You don't, if we walk together holding hands, you, you won't, you'll see it, but you might not feel it. So that's why I was loving when, with Miss Sonya when we was able to connect just a minute ago. Um, I want to say, one thing that I think is important to get out is, um, I uh, Miss Christie said, "What, what do we want? Like, what do you want? Like, what is the whole goal? What, what is the overview of how we can get past it? Like, what can we do? Can we start? Like, how do we start? How do we start the unity?" Can I Go say ahead. something here? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's a good question, um, and I guess I can kind of segue into that, but um, the way that I think that it would be a good start is if you were to just take color out of the equation, mm -hmm. if you stop looking at black, if you stop looking at white, if you stop looking at what, and just decide the humanity of things, if you take what happened to George Floyd, if that man was purple, blue, polka dot, it doesn't matter what color he was. That was an injustice. It was wrong. Mm -hmm. And if you can look at it from that perspective and see that what happened to that man was a wrong thing and, and change your mm -hmm. thinking and understand why we say Black Lives Matter, because that guy, he happened to be Black. He was somebody who done wrong, who, I mean, he was wronged. He died. And he happened to be black. So the reason that the whole Black Lives Matter thing come is for me, my perspective of is that even though I have black and white in me, you know, um, even though I have that or whatever else, I can see both sides of the story. And I've always had to kind of defend both sides because I have both in me. But at the same time, I'm like, if you can look at it from a perspective of what is just wrong is just wrong. And what is wrong right now is that a lot of black people are dying. That's what's wrong. And for what reason? For sitting in their homes, for going to the store, for driving down the road. If you can just see that as something as being wrong, something that you would normally do every day. If, if you got shot just for sitting in your house, you wasn't doing anything, you wasn't bothering anybody, but you got shot. It doesn't matter whether that's a black person, a white person, a polka dot person. It doesn't matter what it is. It's wrong. And so if we can just take the color out of it, decide the humanity behind it. And now we see why we need to get behind this movement, because it happens to be people of color who are dying every single day for no reason. So that's the way I look at it. And it's just a perspective of, I mean, think about it. That could have been your brother your cousin your sister your dad your mother it could be somebody in your family if that person died at the hands of whoever whatever color they were and it was a wrong thing that's what you need to get behind 
see the humanity behind it and decide that, okay, I see, I'm noticing a trend now. Black people are dying at an alarming rate. Hmm, maybe black lives need to matter. And that's the kind of like the way I look at it. If it's white people, like, okay, now white people are dying at an alarming weight for no apparent reason. You know what? Let's get behind that. Look at the humanity of things and then decide from it that way and not the color first. Thank you for sharing. Miss Tasha just Can came I say on. something? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was going to say Miss Tasha just came on. I was going to let her hey, chime lady. in. Hey, ladies. How, can you hear me? Absolutely. We can hear you. Okay, great. Hey, ladies. Hey, Miss Sheree. Thank you once again for everything that you do. Um, uh, I, I, I feel like I'm coming in real, real late and coming in on a whole lot of stuff, but I have had several experiences uh, being uh, brown-toned and um, uh, one of my experiences was when I was on a contract with Walmart. Uh, I was in Indiana and I went to this place and as soon as I walked through the door, it was all other, all other uh, races except for mine, all other colors except for mine. And I was treated so rudely, um, so nasty. Uh, I backed up to the dock, pulled my doors up and I was doing something thinking I'm helping them out by being just a little, just, just coming in and just helping them out ahead of time and um, being prepared for them to come in and unload me. The man came in, he closed my door, closed my windows and was like, oh no, we're not gonna help you. And I'm looking at him like, well, what's wrong? What did I do? And he was like, oh no, you, you're not gonna get unloaded by us, me. And then a guy came in 10 minutes later, guy not of brown tone, and uh, he came in 10 minutes later and he was, he just came from the same place that I just came from, from getting loaded. And I'm looking like, okay, well, what's wrong? What did I do? I had to call the supervisor and everything in order for them to unload me because I had other stores to deliver to. Now, they turned around and complained about me and I'm not leaving anything out, but they turned around and complained about me and um, told them, told the supervisor basically, and never ever let me come to that store again. Uh, great thing about it, the supervisor there was, uh, he was Caucasian and he said, you know what I'm gonna do for you, Tasha? And I said, well, what are you gonna do? I'm gonna send you back to the store tomorrow. And he sent me back to the store the next day. Uh, they didn't have any problems, but the guy who complained about me went in and called to the supervisor again and said, didn't I tell you all not to do let her back in here? I don't know why y'all keep on letting her kind back in here. And that's exactly what he told him, her kind. You know, I worked for a guy and we couldn't, dis we could not tell who the owner of the company was because he Ooh. was black. And I know y'all probably ain't never heard this before. <laughs> I know it's probably sound like it's the most craziest thing, but it was so true. It's so true. I work for this guy and he, he, this guy is a very known person in this industry. He has one of the best trucks in the industry. He wins all kinds of awards and I could not disclose that I worked for him. We had wow. to say it was from someone else because he would lose contracts. So th the same things that you're saying is very dominant in this industry. Right. It is, it's things that, and that's why we're so passionate. 
when it comes to these topics because there's so much that goes around going on behind the scenes that y'all will never know unless we have this conversation and these are things that we experience all the time you know it's it's nothing to uh, I mean it's nothing for us every day to feel this this feeling because it's in our face constantly when we walk out the door okay go ahead you can go ahead Miss Sonia Okay, so what I don't have much experience with race issues other than social media and reading and seeing on the news and and whatnot because I am from Podunk, West Virginia, a small town, West Virginia. Our black population is 1%. There was one black person in my school. Um, I, my daughter lives in Mississippi and I went to go to church with her. She goes to a black church. There were six white people and the rest were black. So that's the only experience I've ever had around um, a significant number difference or even equal to, because again, one black person in my school, so um, not based, I mean, what can I do? what do I do as a white person to not come off as racist or to help with this battle and to help with this battle um, in a way that I'll tell you what it bothers a lot of people are the riots and um, that is interfering with the Black Lives Matter movement are the riots because that's what we as white people are focusing on and um, I hope that doesn't sound awful but it's like I don't understand um why those are seeming to go hand in hand. But anyway, I guess my basic question is, I don't have experience with this. So what as a white woman, a white woman trucker, what is me as a human being? Because I agree so wholeheartedly with what Jay has been saying. And this is a, you know, this is a hard issue. And racism has been around since, since the Tower of Babel when God made all the different races and scattered everybody. It has been around since then. And what, what do we do? What do we do? as someone with white skin. Can I say, can I say something real quick before I have to go uh, get my load, yeah. everyone? Um, mm-hmm. First go of ahead. all, I totally, I so appreciate everybody here because um, I, I too am from a very, very, very small town in Kansas. Um, and with that being said, we had maybe a handful of black people uh, that were, you know, either, uh, uh, there, and there wasn't very many black families. There was a lot of, um, mixed families. Uh, when, when, when I say that we had a handful of black people, we, in my town, we had maybe one family with a black mother and a black father and black children. The rest of the, the people who were of color were, were with me family so um it's real hard for me as well to understand some some of this racism um because i just didn't just don't know about it uh, I, I did have a friend of mine tell me and, and this is the way i grew up um so a lot of this behavior that I have you know it's learned it's learned you're okay okay um and because we didn't have a big community of black folks, 
when we described people, we, I would say, yeah, I met this real nice black lady or this real nice black gentleman who helped me out out here. And my friend from, from Louisiana who grew up and was raised around a lot of black folk and the, and the community was a lot bigger. She says, Polly, you can't say that. And I, and I, I didn't understand why. I didn't, I just, and I just didn't understand why, because that's just how I was raised, uh, you know, this, and, and it's about learning. I have found it's about learning. I needed to learn that. I didn't know that was, was, uh, was wrong or was frowned upon or, you know, that, that people didn't appreciate that kind of talk. So it's all, we just have to learn about each other out here and we have to love one another out here. But just like, you know, everybody, we're all human. We all came from God. We all bleed red. Every single one of us bleed red. Um, we I love back say, in this country. I want to say two things. One thing is it's not a riot. This is a protest. Okay. So when when you think of a riot, that was all the the looting and all that stuff. That was not our movement. First of all, our movement was when we walked peacefully down the street, saying that our lives matter, that people lives matter, that the human race lives matter, and all lives can't matter if you leave one out. That was called a protest. People here in my city of Chattanooga, Tennessee, today was we got locked up put in jail for pro peacefully protesting no no one nobody has been uh business has been destroyed in any kind of way but they peacefully protest down the street and they just went got out of jail today okay so it's not a protest it's not a riot it's a protest okay the second thing is the reason why Miss Paula, while people get offended when you say that black person helped me, is because now you're separating it. When you call, that's a division. That's like right now when I'm on here today, I'm gonna say white woman, black woman. That's the division. But if I say everybody or lady truckers, that's unity. So it's important for us to use the right choice of words. I agree with you. Education is gonna be the key to this. To, to to unify it because it is the we do have to watch what we say at times um so we don't offend one another and i'm gonna give y'all the floor and whoever want to speak you can i have two things that i want to say first thing um i live in st louis and ferguson is probably 10 minutes from me so when the mike brown incident or murder happened I'm just gonna call it what it really was. Um, we, there were protesters out there and my son went out and protested. I could not because I was, I had had surgery on my knee and I was on crutches. And he noticed, and they actually caught several of the guys. They were young, um, melanin free young men with backpacks on, they call them jackals. They were the ones who were starting the, you know, throwing the bricks. And they, they caught a couple of them with bricks in their backpacks. They started the rioting and the looting. And, and the reason that that was done, if you think about it, is they kick it off 
and tensions are high. You got young people who are already um, emotionally driven, don't have the the tools and the verbal communication skills to um, to express themselves. They follow suit, and then that lowers the property values. The property value is lowered, and then they can come in and buy the property. That's one thing. The second thing that I want to say is when you ladies say, how do we help? What do we do? First, it begins by you asking yourself, why do we have to say Black Lives Matter? Why are we saying it? Why is it that we have to say it? Why have we been saying it for all these years? And when you can answer that question within yourself, and you can answer that question with your circle, then that begins the conversation that we need for you to have and then have conversations with us. We have more conversations educating one another about one another. But the first question is, why do we have to yell it? Why are we protesting it? Why do we keep having to say Black Lives Matter? Because up until recently, Black Lives haven't mattered. And we need for them to matter. We need to matter. And that's all I got. Do you mind if I say something, Sheree? Go ahead. Okay. Uh, first and foremost, Ms. Sonia, to answer your question of how do you, as um, Caucasian women, how do you, I'll just answer it um, instead of re repeating your question. But as far as how you, how everyone else can, do something different when it comes down to the involvement of how our lives matter is having an open mind and not prejudging. There's a lot of prejudgment once you see a brown woman, once you see a brown toned male, especially men that look very, very muscular or maybe intimidating um, without having to take on the assumption that this person is out here to do something to me and everything like that. Out here in this trucking industry, I have seen a lot, learned a lot, and met a lot of people. I've met an actual KKK member who didn't mind talking about why him and his descendants um, or him and his forefathers were in the KKK and why he still belonged to it and everything like that. Him explaining everything to me, it seemed like it was a learned pattern. It's because the other side doesn't know. They really don't know. They've been taught that we as brown people or highly melanated people are basically baboons, monkeys, crazy, wild. And what you see when you're seeing them looting, you see a lot of a lot of us who are looting, but then you don't see what's advertised when there are other races that are out there who's looting and who's breaking down and burning up a lot of stuff and everything. So it's the assumption of they're not, they're not us. And once we realize that we are just, um, just I forgot her name is Paula, just like Miss Paula said, once we realize that we are human, 
first and foremost, then we won't have this issue or we can address this issue. This right here is the start of a bigger step already because we have several different races and several different backgrounds right here and we're trying to figure it out. One thing that, another thing that we have to learn is that we're women, we run the world. So what we have to do is make sure that these men understand and that we teach them, although they think that they're, you know, the mighty, mighty person of the country or of the world and all of that stuff, we're the ones that created them. We birthed them. So they have to realize that at the same time, too, we have to teach them that we're all human beings. There is no such thing, because when you go to those pearly gates or whomever it is that you worship and everything like that, he's not seeing race. He's seeing what you did in this whole lifetime in the land of the living. That's what he sees. So that's the basic thing that we have to understand is acknowledging each other and not being afraid. Uh, you don't have to approach and say to every uh, brown or highly melanated person, you don't have to go up to them and say, hey, I just want to know how you are or something like that. It doesn't require you to do that, but it requires you to not have that prejudgment of that person only because of what your surroundings have told you and everything like that. And just like Sheree said, it, it does become a part of separation when you do say that black person or that Caucasian girl, that Mexican right there, it, it, it becomes separation. When we're all still human, we're all still breathing the same air, even with our mask on, we're still breathing the same air. So that's uh, one way, it's just to have an open mind about people and not to prejudge them. That's Anybody else want to chime in? Go ahead. Okay, can you hear me? Okay. So I think her name's Christina. Is that I the names disappeared from the screen? But and I may be hearing this wrong. I'm trying to be super nice and open-minded, but what I heard was that she was offended, and I'm sorry you're offended, Chris, Christy. Um, I'm sorry you're offended, and trust me, I'm in no way intend that. But what I was hearing was that she felt like I was being racist because of what I said, and maybe I heard it wrong. She's shaking her head. So okay, I'll I'll give you a chance to respond here in a second. No, I felt like I was offended. Mm -hmm. Yes. I did not, um, it wasn't directed directly towards you. I was offended by, and I know that your statement came out of, and not to be, not to belittle you, but I know that your statement came out of ignorance, not knowing. So I wasn't, um, I wasn't offended by you, but I was offended by the statement because not only have I heard it from you, I've heard it from other people. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't directed towards you. It was um, the fact that you didn't know. You simply don't know. Um, I've heard it over and over and over again. You know, um, well, why do you all do this? Why do you all say mm -hmm. this? You know, those types of things. And it, it's kind of, rather than understanding that We've been saying the same things for hundreds of years. We've been going through the same things. We're mm -hmm. not saying them just to be saying it. We're saying oh, it no, because no, no, we need no. change. 
I agree. Yeah. And I, yeah. I want to clarify, too, something that I said when I said, you know, we need to get past this. I no means intend that to say we need to sweep this under the rug and just forget it. That is not what I'm saying. Trust me. I'm saying that we need to focus on when this occurs, when somebody is treated unfairly for race, sex, um, anything. When somebody's discriminated against, we need to stand up together and fight that. And we need to fight it in the proper channels. The only thing that I was saying was that we need to be very careful because put yourself in my shoes for a minute. I mean, every one of you pretend that you're in a patrol car, you're a police officer, you're going down the road. There's a tail light out. You know, it's a vehicle defective equipment and you turn around, light them up, pull them over and you're being polite. Ask them, you know, tell them why you stopped them, ask them for their license. And immediately you're confronted with you're pulling me over because of my skin color that has legitimately happened. And I, I'm just trying to share my side of, you know, somebody that's trying to be honest and treat everybody fairly. And it, I, I think there's been maybe a carryover of like, I truly understand like all the history and the discrimination. The I understand the past. Okay. But I, as an officer pulling somebody over, shouldn't immediately be confronted by somebody and be, be accused of racism because my skin's lighter. Like, it's not about that. Like my, my thought process is my interaction with this person tonight is because the taillight, your taillight is out. You have defective equipment. That's why we're having a conversation, you know? So what my point in that was, is that I want to get past immediately prejudging on, on either side. Like just because I have lighter skin, I don't want to be prejudged because I pulled somebody over just as I'm not going to prejudge anybody else because, Hey, your skin's tanner than mine or your skin's lighter than mine. I'm like a good percentage Indian and most people don't know it. I dye my hair. Like, <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I just, I want to get past that and I want to get past it together. I'm not saying we should forget it. I think we need to stand up and take action. But so that, that's what, my point. What I'm, that's my point. May I? May I? Mm -hmm, please. What I'm hearing is you, when you pull over a, a person of color, you don't want to be hit with the pushback of you did that because I'm black. And so, so we need to have conversations with people in our circles. Likewise, you need to have the conversation. I like what, um, I don't know what, what her name was, what she said is about us as women influencing the men mm -hmm. because the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. So we need to have those hard conversations with the men in our lives and, and, and other women so that we say, hey, this is not happening just because we're black. You had a tail light out. Don't don't make it all about race. Everything is not about race. And 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 shame on you for making it about race. You, so you we know, need to have those hard conversations yes. amongst ourselves and, and then begin to come together more. You know. I agree the men are the problem. The men have lied to us. Girl, can you they have, <laughs> the men are the issue and the problem. They lied to us. 
they done everything in the history books and the textbooks. They put all that stuff in there. Half of that stuff was a lie. They so make I think all Cherie's the rules. Solution, Cherie's solution is let's let's turn from racism and just go to sexism and just attack them and let's yeah, put all our it. energy. Yeah, in. <laughs> yeah no, because no, they the problem. Don't attack them. When they, don't if you attack think them. Beat them into submission. If you think about oh, it, bet. all of this is around the men. It, to be honest, I mean, then all I, the aggression. Yeah, all the just, aggression. When you see a police officer beating up somebody, it's a man. Versus another man. I think you ladies have come to a really significant eye opener right here. (laughs) Yeah. We solved the problem. The problem right there. These men, you know, they they just out of control. And it's time for a woman to be the president. It's time for a woman to take control. It's time for women to get in positions of leadership where we can make that change. And it's not going to change as long as we continue to have these men in positions. You know, just think about at your job, most of the people who own the company are men. It's limited amount of women that's in uh, logistics and operations and they own the whole company. Most companies are owned by the men. And then they don't. And most men don't realize that we even need women restrooms. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And that's why we don't have the things that we have. That's the men make the equipment. So that's why, you know, sometimes equipment don't be just, you know, right for us. So. I think well, that I is a, a great body, point so that's that y'all uh, brought up. I think is an excellent point. Um, it's the men, you know, <laughs> and then and then lately, <laughs> <laughs> you know, lately we um we we we've been seeing a couple of Karens. What do y'all think about Karens? I just baby, <laughs> I'm gonna let Miss Krista go last because she's ready. So let me. <laughs> I can talk about a Karen. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, to be honest with you, first and foremost, uh, Miss Brittany, um, I I know you said, you know, you're always hearing, you know, you pull me over because of my color and everything like that. But um, a lot of times you're probably one in many who may pull pull somebody over and it may just be about the equipment, but there are several times more than many when it comes down to our men that get pulled over because it is because of their race or because they're driving a nice car and they, they driving a car that's under the assumption of the fellow police officer that believes that that shouldn't be what he should, he or she should be driving. And things like that. So not to say that it's just you and for you to take it personally, when we do say um, we don't like police officers pulling us over or you're hearing you're pulling me over because I'm black. But you have to understand that that is a norm for us. That is a norm for us to see that we're getting pulled over because of our race or majority are getting pulled over because of their race and not because they have a a tail light out or not because they're driving too slow or something like that. It's strictly because, and it's in rural areas, it's not to say that it could be in your area, but it's in rural areas that you do see that this happens. And that's why it leads up to the George Floyds and and everything like that. That's why it leads up to those moments because it's the presumption that, you know, this is something that you're not supposed to be in or anything, whatever the case is. You know, so it's not just you. So please, in, in, in the future, if you are, pol- I don't know if you still are a police officer, but don't take it offensively when you do hear somebody that says that. It could be because they have already experienced that. 
and things like that. And just and just like Miss Christie said, you should go ahead and state the facts. No, I pulled you over because you got a tail light out and you swerving all in the roads. That's why I pulled you over. This has nothing to do with your race. All I need is your driver's license and your insurance card. That's all I need. And you keep it business when you be, when you make it personal. And you take it to heart and things like that. That's where it comes like that. Or if you already have hate in your heart, as we've seen from those who have murdered our people, from those who have um, arrested or shot or whatever the case is, and all of that stuff. When you see that, that um, when, when they see that it's not like that, then they won't have a problem. And I, I'm pretty sure of it. And if you do have some angry people, you have angry people on both ends. Mm-hmm. We've seen plenty. We've, we've seen plenty of videos where yes. you, you'll you see a, a Caucasian or whatever. And they'd be like, what the F are you pulling me over for? What what do you want? But the outcome is different. It is. The out, the outcome is different because if we came and pulled, got up out of our car and screamed, what do you want or anything like that, honey, it wouldn't even be any questions asked. It'll be guns drawn, and I've had guns drawn on me. <laughs> so it'll be guns drawn and you getting out of your car and laying on the ground or something to that matter. And that'll be posed as a threat because you're screaming and hollering, what did you pull me over for? But when it comes from the other side, it's a different outcome. So, um, and, and let me just add, Miss Brittany is not a police officer. She oh. used to be. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's been <laughs> almost nine years. So, oh, okay, no still problem have. at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it still helps because I'm pretty sure you still have fellow officers that you know and everything like that. And this is this is like a learning experience for you, for those who are not from where we're from, or those who are not from rural area, um, or those who are from those areas, or who had five percent of um of highly melanated people in their lives like Miss Sonia did. So you know what I'm saying? So you know it's the it, it's the it's the not knowing part of what it is. It, it, it's what you don't know. And what you don't know is what you're gonna assume or what your fellow people have already told you and things like that. Um I, I think that was all that I had to say. I know one thing um I'm very proud of you, Sheree, and I'm very glad to see all of you women out here talking to each other because it definitely still, at the end of the day, starts with us. It it, it still starts with us. Um, We have to start somewhere, and (laughs) if we can't have this discussion amongst each other and it does not sound like, and it doesn't sound like this, then we're not going to solve anything. But because it does sound like this, it solves a lot. People who are probably viewing this are learning a lot from us, from all races, from all backgrounds. Then let me ask this, because... um... You know, sometimes when discussions are had, issues are pussyfooted around so we don't make anybody mad and we don't ask true questions that we want to know the answers to. So um, I'm actually feeling a little emotional going to ask this question just because I'm, I don't want anyone to think terribly of me because I'm raising this question. Um, but we were talking about with the cops and the automatically, um, you did this because of my race. And I know that that happens. I know that probably majority of the time when a black man or a black woman is pulled over, it's because of a preconceived notion of that person because of their race. However, I don't know that I want to say devil advocate, but I'm just asking this question because I just want to know the answer. And it's not my belief, but to a certain, to a certain point, but 
part of me does believe that stereotypes and forgive me, stereotypes are there for a reason, whether it's white rednecks, you know, like NASCAR and draft trucks with big tires, Ford trucks with big tires or, you know, whatever it is. Uh, isn't the percentage like things that I've seen again from white people are that, okay, black make up so much percentage of the American population, but they make up for 50 some percent or 40 some percent of the uh, you know, the crimes committed. So isn't there some, um, isn't there a reason or just cause for certain stereotypes yeah. like that? And, and, and I'm sorry, I don't want to make anybody mad, but I'm just asking a hard question because no, that's what we're here to you're do. You're asking a question. You're asking a question. Um, that is black, black men, or black people make up about 75% of the people incarcerated in this country. Um, part of that is because and, and, and of... Before, before you go on, know this, mm -hmm. I have a son that is in prison. So, you know, okay. anyway, so it, it's, you know. And, and, and you're, asking, <laughs> you're asking a question. You stammered around it um, so as not to offend, and no one is offended by that question. Now, okay, with that said, with that said, it has been said to me that the majority of serial killers are truckers because it's a transient, <laughs> because it is a transient job. Right, right. So what we have here, we have, um, and, and I just want to go, go back, okay? I want to first give you a little bit of homework, ladies, all of you. Everyone listening on Netflix, the movie The 13th, please watch it. Yes. It has a lot of good information there. Now, also, it is The 13th, the word the and the number 13th. Okay. Now, when we as black people were brought to this country as slaves, there was never a plan. There was never a thought or an idea. Nobody ever figured on, oh, one day they're going to be free. That was never even a thought. We were brought here to be slaves, to work the land, to work in textile for free forever. So now that we have, quote, unquote, freedom, Whatever that may look like to you, it's not really free. Freedom isn't free. We know that. But now this government, this country has done everything in its power to keep us as enslaved or indentured population. In the prison system, they make um, 75 cents a day, I think it is, for working. So it's basically free labor. It's basically free labor. So you've got a judicial system, you've got a, legislat a legislative branch, and you've got, your, you've got the police, you've got the judge, and you've got the laws that are against us. So how do we win? How do we win when the cards have been the deck is stacked against us. You've got men who 
are imprisoned who have never committed a crime. But because a crime was committed and they needed somebody, oh, he looks like he fit the bill. Or you've got um, men who in this demographic and that demographic, well, that demographic doesn't look like us, so we're going to imprison them and give them much harsher prison sentences. So now you've got men in prison for a half a gram of weed, and they've been given 30 years. So some of that goes to show that the system, the cards, the game is rigged. And just because they're there doesn't mean that they deserve to be there. I have a very good friend who is also a driver. He did 22 years in prison for murder. He did kill the man. The man pulled a shotgun on his then wife and child. The man was also, um, the man had also molested both he and his brother as children. But he did 22 years for it when he never should have done that kind of time. I want to add something in and let's just get some facts. So I'm on Google. I like the Google stuff. If anybody know me, they know I'm a Googler. And um, one thing I wanted to Google was what was the percentage of black and white? So white people in the U.S. make up 59%, which is the the big population of the United States. And then the population of black is only 12%. Some people say 12 or 13%. Okay, so when we talk about these numbers of what's going on, I'm going to go to the Hispanics as well. How many people make up Hispanic? That's about 16 percent. In the United States. And so um, when we talk about this, you know, the different ethnic groups and stuff like that, uh, you know, the reason why it's a. A, a division, a systemic division as well. It, you know, all of the numbers, when you talk about how many people are incarcerated, is more Black people incarcerated. Well, we only make up 13% of the, you know, so that means it's more of us incarcerated than out and free. And I think that's the big picture of all of this as well. It's, 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 it's not you know, we're talking about these numbers that, you know, right there, there's your facts. Um, and that's why it's a, it's a, it was already an image created about us before we even spoke. Um, it's already an image created about us before we can even breathe. <laughs> you know, you, we come out into this world of these are uh, thieves, these are people that fight, these are people, you know, all the negative stigmatism, you never hear about the positive that we do in our communities, you never hear about how it is a lot of people that raise their families, you don't hear about the good side that of, of any race, it's always that negativity that we have been drawn to throughout the years, but you have to go back and you have to look at the statistics, the numbers, and, and to figure out why are we here, what happened, you know, um, and, and so I want to move into how do we get past it? How can we, where can we start? I'm going back to that. What's the, how do we start with, um, and I think today was a start. If y'all agreed, today was a good start. Yeah. Um, I don't know who want to chime in. And I'm just asking, like, how do we move forward? What can we do? 
Sheree, I know you said you're going to move forward, but I think we still danced around Miss Sonia's question um, a, a whole lot. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to try to address it as, as much as possible. And I'm going to give you a background on myself, Miss Sonia. Um, I myself was born and raised in Richmond, Virginia. I was raised in the harshest projects out there. We were probably number two in America at the time that I was growing up as far as murders and everything is as everything of that nature is concerned. I really think that you're asking about black on black crime compared to cops on black crime. Is is that the best way to say it? I can't hear you. <laughs> that as well I'm sorry. That as well. Yeah, stereo stereotype blondes being dingy. Anyway, um, but that as well as just the stereotypes or the preconceived notions on um just like Brittany was saying that he assumed he was being pulled over because of his race. Well, maybe she didn't, but a lot of cops do. And do they do that because of the high percentage compared to the number of population you know is there a reason for that stereotype I guess is what I was meaning um you know is that stereotype justified <laughs> it's you know what in all honesty in some cases you can't say that it is but just like I gave you the example of we get crazy you uh, cops um get crazy people from each side from each race right. and everything right. like that now their outcome of what could happen in the end may be different if their approach if they're all if they're all having the same approach if they all came out of their cars the same way and everything each individual will be treated differently why is there a stereotype it's it's the preconceived notion that we all have well that we notice that everyone else has of us now me having a nephew who's a brown color and and everything like that i can't say that i can easily get past this situation because you know what i have to worry about i have to worry about him in and out he goes to school that's predominantly caucasian he has a full scholarship to um west virginia uh, excuse me University of Charleston and he goes to school out there so I have to worry about him because just like she said um, just like Miss Paula said their population is very very slim when it comes down to a person of color or anything like that so I have to worry about him on a daily basis who he's hanging out with whether or not he's going to get pulled over he's with the wrong person at the wrong time and things like that I have to worry about all of those situations and everything. Why is there a preconceived notion? It's be, it, 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 that could be part of the reason, but we were born here not to progress in all honesty. Just like Miss Christie said, I, I, once she said, I knew she was going to say for you all to watch the 13th, but that is something that I believe should be mandatory. Like, honestly, when schools start back up, I believe that it should be something that should be in the lessons on a weekly basis, on a daily basis or whenever, but it should be something that should be taught to show that we were not brought here to progress. And that's why you'll see us in our angry modes and things like that. You'll have us in those type of modes and, and everything like that. You are thinking we're angry, but hell, we're tired. We, we've been going through this. This is an ongoing situation. It's not ongoing from you all. So you all from the outside or other races from the outside looking in don't see how dangerous it is for us to be as beautiful as we are and still treated the way that we are treated. 
you, you know what I mean? So that's one of the biggest things is that, yeah, it is because it seems like every, if, you, if you go across, they're going to say, oh, us women, all of us brown women are angry. We are angry black women. That's what they'll say all the time. You'll hear it a lot. So it, it, it's, just, it's just a matter of, like I said, having an open mind when you come across that person or teaching your child or teaching, teaching your family that they should have an open mind and they should not separate us from who they are only because our skin color is different and only because our struggle was way, way different than your privilege. So I hope that kind of answers your question or gives you a little bit of insight. May I, may I add something else? My oldest son is 34 years old. And I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm getting emotional. When my son was born, I cried. I cried because he was born black and he was born male. And that fear of living in this country, in this world, of the police potentially beating him or killing him, of the struggles that black men have. It's harder in this country for a black man to live, to get his to get an education, to take care of his family. It's harder than anyone on this planet for a black man in this country. And I cried. Today, I still, I have fear for my brothers who are in their 50s and 60s. My brother was pulled out of his car. He and his, um, he and his manager, my brother is, is a, um, pharmaceutical sales rep. He was on his way to Kansas City in a brand new um, company vehicle. They were both suits and ties, their jackets hanging up in the back, and the police pulled him over and harassed them. And he was in his 40s at the time, maybe close to 50. Um, he was pulled out of a police car when he was in his teens. He was chased at Rolla. He was chased by two men in a pickup truck with a shotgun and a Confederate flag. So these are things that we as black women see our males, our men, our male counterparts go through. We were, you know, in the, in the 60s and 70s, it was okay for you to have a man, but he couldn't live in the house because you got, you know, uh, uh, the man couldn't work, couldn't find a job, and then they're, they're in public housing. So we were divided. We've been divided. We were divided during slavery, and we've been divided ever since. So it's the system, the systemic racism is very alive and very well in America in this day and age. And I'm about to go through a tunnel or go around, but we, you know, it, when we look at our sons, when our sons leave the house, like, um, um, like, um, um, who, who was that? Sheree, Miss Sheree said, she has a nephew, that we worry about those things. 
And it's not the same kind of worry of, oh, he's riding his bike, is he going to be okay? That's not the same kind of worry. It's a different, deeper, um, hitting way deep down inside in the heart and in the core of us. Because these are our, our people, our children, our brothers, our uncles, our fathers, our men, our husbands, our lovers, our friends. It's, it's scary. And it's a different kind of scary. I I think I, and it's not it's not the same background and it's not the same basis of your fear, but I believe that I know the fear that you're talking about. Um, I'll just my son escaped from prison and at one point and was being hunted by U.S. Marshals and cert team you know, the search search team from the prisons and the U.S. Marshals, and he ended up, so, and he ended up getting surrounded in the end, and they all had their guns drawn, and um, I think the fear that I experienced those hours that he was gone, and I'm not trying to make this about me because it's not about me. I'm just saying that, you know, the way that you're talking has kind of brought to light and maybe giving me a little insight on the fear that you probably have every time a male loved one leaves the house would be like the fear that was overwhelming. And just that one day for a couple hours, um, I think is probably the fear that you guys experience on a daily basis. Um, so, so I'm sorry that you experienced that. That's all. And, you know, the biggest thing um, that we can start doing to answer Sheree's question is, um, is to help people understand that, just like you, Miss Sonia, to take, just look at it from your point of view. Look at it if it were you in that situation. Just like you had to deal with worrying about, hey, is my son going to come back? Knowing that he escaped from jail, knowing that he's about to be hunted down by dogs and guns and all of that stuff. Is he going to come back? Now, that's all it takes. And that's the biggest step that anybody else can make is to understand. And when you understand, you empathize because you can understand all day and you can say, hey, we're trying to get to the focal point. We're trying to figure out how can we get this taken care of or what can we do to end this? it's not going to be ending because it's a, it's a perpetual cycle. So it's not going to end. What it is is that we have to open everybody's eyes. So it is a learning experience for you. It's a learning experience for us because some, a, a lot of Caucasian, let me make this clear. My godmother was Caucasian. So people seeing her, people seeing me out with her, like, what you doing with that white lady? or anything like that. that. That's what I'll get. Like, what you doing? And I'm like, that's my godmother. Like, I, I never even pictured her as being white. She, she was completely white, blonde hair, blue eyes, all the way. But that's not how I saw her. I saw her as my godmother, the woman that I love so much. And I, I would do anything and everything for her and everything like that. But it takes the experience of, of putting yourself in that person's shoes and everything like that. With this George Floyd situation, people are like, how can you look at George Floyd as a hero? How can you do that when he was a criminal? He was a criminal, true indeed, but that was was. 
he was a criminal. If you looked at what he was doing before he passed away and how he traveled around the country to recruit football players for other um, colleges and everything like that, then you would know that this man had a heart. He had a past, but he has a heart. So everything that he did was was not in vain. And it could have been a learning experience, just like it would be a learning experience for your son in the situation that he's in. I bet you he won't escape from jail no more. I can tell you that. That's just being on the lighter side. <laughs> That's just being on the lighter side of things. But but um, definitely putting yourself in our shoes and not saying, why the hell do they have to act like that? Or why is this being done? Or why is that being done? Or anything like that. No, understand that we're losing our people for no apparent reason and we're losing our people to ourselves too we have we do have a very big issue with black on black crime and can i can guarantee you that is something that we try on a day in and day out basis and uh, and i know it because i'm in my community when i'm home i'm in my community and i push hard for my men out there i have a whole men's group that meets on a, every wednesday and we recruit younger men to make sure that they come in like that, that, that they come in knowing that we're going to better ourselves. So we won't be perceived as somebody or people who don't want to prog progress or people who are on welfare, living projects that don't want to do what they're supposed to do and all of that stuff. We're doing what we're supposed to do, but then it highlights it when we have those who are put out there to protect us, those who are put out there to help us and everything like that harm us. So it becomes something bigger when we're supposed to be human beings side by side and we have to worry about Ahmaud Aubrey. He can't even run and jog without getting hunted down and things like that. So you got to think about those situations and put yourselves in our shoes as mothers, as sisters, as aunts, as everything. It's just women of color dealing with these situations and we got to get these men corrected too all they need is a whipping they just need a belt and really that's really all they need a, a good old whipping and, and they'll be fine a spanking that's it that's all i'm saying <laughs> and i think that was a breakthrough because i saw you state your point miss sonya i saw miss christy state her point miss sonya understood and could feel that and that's the start that was a beautiful piece right there of understanding where you can feel that it's the same feeling. Whether it's my son, your son, I just had this conversation with when I was walking through the door today, when I first came on my live, I was talking to my, I have, I have 11 nephews and one niece. I just went up in the house, had this conversation with the boys, checking on them to make sure that they are still here. So these are conversations that we have, not just today, that we have daily. I don't care what race you are. I'm, I know you have these conversations, period. Uh, it may be the, a different topic. It might not be, hey, it's getting ready to get dark. I need to be in the house. You know what I'm saying? Or let me just make sure I'm just I'm just making sure y'all OK. You know, um, it's many situations where we have these conversations. Unfortunately, we have to have these conversations. Um, I just want to say, everybody, I'm going to watch the movie. I haven't watched the movie 13, so thank you for sharing that. Um, and let's come back and have a discussion after we watch that movie. So I'm going to challenge you all to watch that movie. And we'll um, schedule another time to come back on this live. And we'll um, talk about it. Let's talk about it. Because um, I haven't saw it myself. 
And another thing, anybody else have anything they want to say? Okay, go ahead. Hey, I love your idea on watching the movie. I haven't seen it either. So thank you so much for mentioning that. I've got it on my Netflix. Real quick summary. I've wrote down notes that everybody was bringing up. And it seems to be the main thing here is awareness and focus. Um, it's having a discussion, having better understanding, and better education. Educating our families, our kids, and also focusing on where the problems are and standing together to fight against them. So that's just kind of a summary pattern that I noticed. So that's it. <laughs> Love you guys. Love you too, babe. Anybody else have anything that they want to say? I, and I agree with you, Brittany. That is definitely <laughs> the takeaway from this. Um, the takeaway okay. is also... Uh, go ahead. Um, I just want to say a quick note. Um, I'm not the one, I'm not a Bible basher or anything like that, but um, I am a believer and I just believe that if we would come together in prayer for our nation, for our leaders, for each other, that we would be in a better place as well. So just remember to keep that in mind. If, and if you believe in Jesus or Buddha or whoever, whomever your higher power is, um, I just think that if we would combine together and do that and pray for everyone in this situation that things will be better i agree y'all know i'm a i ain't no big bible thumper but i bring god into our group in a minute <laughs> hey, i believe in the power of prayer <laughs> i do i, I really do. believe it and that's i think that's what's gonna help us overcome we did, Brittany, I'm going to add to your list that men are the problem, too. So we got to put that on there, that the men are the issue. We realize that. But I do want to say here in this sheet trucking community, the thing that always bring us together, it doesn't matter what race you is. When you see the sheet trucking T-shirt, when you see the sheet trucking keychain, the sheet trucking bumper sticker on the side of the truck, that has brought love into our industry. I, I, I When I see, I don't care... I, I see, I see the pictures that when people are meeting up and stuff like that, they don't even realize if it's black or white. They don't see the color because we all are unified in this community. So one that that you know, with that, we have to keep our community unified. We have to continue to have these conversations. Maybe not this deaf conversation. Hopefully, we can move past it and we can move to better conversations as well. Um, and 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 um. And walk is one, one, just a whole one sisterhood. So I'm so thankful that y'all came on today. Um, I'm so thankful that I'm thankful for today. I started out angry. <laughs> I was angry and I was mad as I was reading those threads. But it, this was needed. I think it was a very needed conversation. I think it was some breakthroughs. It was just everything. I don't know. Do y'all want to? Do y'all have any, anything else y'all want to add in? Thank you for doing this. I, yeah. Thank you for coming on. What do y'all? What do y'all want? Like, um, as closing statements, I want to go and and just get some closing statements on what you want people to take away and I'm going to put the camera on you all one by one and let's do a takeaway statement.
unmute my mic. Um, I've kind of already given my takeaway statement, so that I'll let that be my statement, what I just said, and I will yield the floor. Read it one more time, just one more time. Sorry about that. I was saying that what I had just said was my takeaway statement. It's what I've noticed. I really appreciate this discussion. And I think this is a great start. Love you guys. Uh, my takeaway. <laughs> um, well, I guess my takeaway is um, no matter what color someone is or whatever else, just try not to be judgmental. Um, try to see past um, color to see the person. Um, and also it, it doesn't cost you anything to be nice to people. Just be nice. Smile. I know it's hard to smile now with us wearing our mask and stuff, but you can smile with your eyes as, uh, what was the name? Tyra Banks. <laughs> but, um, you know, just be nice to people and, you know, don't prejudge, just, you know, try to see things, you know, for what they are and try to get to know people. Um, I love this group. I um kind of a newbie to the group or whatever else, but I, I love um what Sheree is doing and what she is building and I'm definitely behind her one hundred percent. So thank you, sisters, and love you guys. Have a great night. Oh, it's on me. Um <laughs> My whole takeaway is that I'm glad that we're able to have this discussion and it does not lead into, and we're leaving off on a great note. Um, and I think that we should take that in each and every step of our lives. I hope that every woman that's watching this would understand and, and they're able to embrace their sister or even their brother, no matter what color they are, they're able to embrace them without any harshness or anything like that. We're able to get out and help each other and be there for each other as God wants us to be because that's all it is, no matter who it is that you 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 worship and everything like that. Um, just like everybody said, they're not a Bible thumper, and so I am not, but I am a true believer that there is a God because my life in, it, in its whole has truly been blessed. So um, even with this hardship. So the biggest thing is to make sure that we realize that we are here for each other. And Sheree, just to piggyback uh, off of, um, I, I forgot her name, but off of what she said, just to piggyback off of that, you are doing a great thing. And I say it each and every time that I see anything on Facebook, she trucking, each and every time I see a person with a she trucking shirt on, it just makes my heart melt because you are in this for unity and this is where it starts and this is just the beginning so I can't wait to see what God has planned for you for bigger steps and that's for all of you ladies so um, I'm just excited that we're able to address this and we're able to look at it and we're able to see what we can do to solve it or to help make it better so I'm glad that we're open able to open everybody else's eyes and this has made my my soul happy all together so I love you all ladies and I am glad to be in this group are we still alive
Yes, ma'am. We're doing a closing statement. If you want to leave your closing statement for a takeaway. I do want to leave a closing statement. Um, we are all just people. We're people we love, we hurt, we help. We all want the same things, and we all need to allow each other to do the same things um, without judgment. It's, it's hard enough. Um, I have friends who don't look like me, who look like me, who, and I don't love them any less. Um, I have friends that will go to the wall for me and I'll do the same for them who look like me, who don't look like me. Um, just love and allow love, period. Be good to yourselves and be good to each other. And with that, I'm, I pass. Okay, I guess um, my takeaway is n no matter what, we need to try to put ourselves in other people's shoes um, as hard as that may be. And um, the most important thing, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. And I don't want to sound like a Woodstock um, tree-hugging person, but love is the greatest thing, and love overcomes all. And we need to love each other. And... Um, if we love each other, then these other things won't happen. And uh, I think that's the answer to everything is just love and um, love you all. And uh, you just need to show love for everyone, regardless of their skin color, regardless of their um, financial status, regardless of their sex, gender, age, anything. Um, we just need to show each other love in every situation. Bye, ladies. Thank you all. I'm so honored to have each and every one of you on. Y'all done made me, my tears come down. I done tuck my lashes off and everything, y'all. I was just like, okay. Um, because I realized that we are the change and we are the unity. We are the change and we and it starts with us. And so I'm so grateful for each and every one of you. I'm so grateful of you coming on and, and willing to speak and and as and, and where we can come together. Um, my quote that I, I is it's my quote is I couldn't change my past, so I decided to change my future. And with that said, we have the opportunity to change the future. You know, we can't change the past, but we have to move forward in changing the future. So once again, Miss Brittany, Miss J, Miss Tasha, Miss Sonya, and Miss Christy. And we had a couple others come in as well. And I just want to thank each and every one of you for being a part of the community, for sharing, for caring, and for understanding. On that note, we're out. Thank you so much, y'all. Thank you for tuning in, everyone.